Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To avoid DGS. Wheels, I know that sports was like your living. I'm surprised at how quickly you fall out of it. For example, I was really, really into fantasy football. And to be in a fantasy football, you have to know, like, pretty much every point scorer out there. And, like, I was so into it, and uh, and I've been out for a couple, three years, and I just saw something come up, like, the top ten picks. I, I, didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't know a single name. Uh, yeah. I didn't know any of these guys. Yeah. Try playing fantasy baseball. Never. That, always seemed way too complicated. It, yeah. It's a lot more detail-oriented. I mean, yeah. You're better off if you're like doing it casually to do like where you set your lineup every week and as opposed to daily. Because if it's daily, it's not you have to be paying attention nonstop. But so have yeah. you fallen off much? No, no. So that's what I do? Love it. Yep, that's what I do. I mean, like think of anything that you've ever done your entire life. I mean, like that doesn't really change. I spend less time getting into the nerdy stuff that I would do if I was doing a two or three or four hour sports radio show. Yeah. Like I don't have to dig as much on it, but I'm still following everything the same way that I always have. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of sports, we'll talk to Ricky Horton about 40 minutes from now. Race, what's the Barbie stuff? Well, there's, I have a couple of Barbie things on the sheets. Oh, wow. Let me pull up this story. So there's a new study that shows that, People are noticing the patriarchy more in their workplace because they've gone to see the Barbie movie. So the Barbie That's movie why Dave rocked Murray their didn't like it. <laughs> rocked their revenue so much. <laughs> Nearly two thirds of Americans who went to see the Barbie movie said the film made them more aware of the effects of the patriarchy in the workplace. This is according to a survey. It's on res- resumebuilder.com, and it only uh, spoke to 300 respondents. But they all saw the Barbie movie, and 81 percent of them said they believe the patriarchy affects the workplace, including 84 percent of women and 77 percent of men. Oh, th- th- let me take this somewhere else, Rach. I know you had this on your sheet as well. But the story came out that the International Chess Federation has put down a rule that transgender women cannot compete in women's chess. And I guess I'd never had this thought before in my life. But first of all, what possible advantage does anyone transgender or not have? And second of all, why is there men's and women's chess? That was my mm-hmm. question, too. That's a great question. I mean... What the hell? I think we 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 all agree, right? Like intellectually, there's no difference. I mean, Andrew doesn't. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, mean, that seems pretty crappy. 
they made me compete with the lesser one. It kind of feels like a self-own for women to be like, we're not going to let a transgender woman in because it's like, are you admitting that you think that biological men are naturally better strategizers and naturally smarter? Thank you. Because that's what it feels like when you make rules like that. 100%. I mean, I get making rules like that when it comes to physical sports, but when it just comes to using your brain, it feels really weird. Yeah. But then I I guess I see why I would assume I don't have the data in front of me, but I would assume there are just less women who try to play chess professionally than there are men. I would assume. So maybe that's why they have it broken up into two different pools for the time being to where it's like, well, we want to see a female champion every once in a while. But statistically, that's not going to happen. I know that chess people have all these scores. I'm a 10,503 or I'm a this or that. So if women just score lower than men, historically, then I don't know what to make of that. Like if, well, there aren't any women who score high enough to compete with any of the boys, like, okay. But I would have never guessed that. Mm -hmm. But it also can be things other than just intellectual capability. It could just be lack of interest. It could be a lack of experience. Like you didn't play, you didn't start playing as early or whatever. But I mean, it still seems like something you shouldn't have to have an artificial separation for. Well, I mean, they don't have an artificial separation for poker. Right. Not that it's the same game, but you're strategizing. You're trying to get in your opponent's head. You're using your brain. Yeah. Like, I just don't get this whole thing. Speaking of transgender stuff, have you guys seen the Ted Cruz, Dylan Mulvaney stuff? No. Ted Cruz is uh, not suing. He's investigating Anheuser-Busch. Okay. Because of Dylan Mulvaney. And he's being all Ted Cruz. I look like a melting candle badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you need to comply with this investigation. And I read the article twice. I don't read articles even once. <laughs> and I, I guess the rub of it is he's saying that Dylan Mulvaney, although she's of drinking age, appeals to uh, younger people. And that there, although there's no law against uh, alcohol companies marketing to underage drinkers, which I figured there would have to be a law, but I yeah. guess it's always been like, who'd be dumb enough to do that? Mm-hmm. Who Like, you know, Captain Morgan's going to be like, hey, little kids. <laughs> uh, but Cruz is trying to be relevant, I guess, and he has jackstrapped this in that Dylan Mulvaney somehow appeals to kids and Anheuser-Busch it needs to be investigated for trying to get kids to drink. Well, here it is. I'm looking at Ted Cruz's website now. So Instagram requires creators to block all U.S. users under the age of 21 from viewing branded content, promoting or referencing alcohol. But Dylan Mulvaney's posts remain visible on Mulvaney's page in clear violation of the site's policy. So young people were still able to, for some reason, view this post. But so I that's mean, an Instagram problem. Th- right. It sounds yeah. like an Instagram problem. And maybe right. a Dylan Mulvaney problem. problem. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like a Bud Light problem. Yeah. They can send their product to whoever they want. That's of legal age. But I guess he's also uh, deciding to investigate Bud Light because they lied. <laughs> because uh, they said the Mulvaney can was one can for one influencer for one post and not a campaign. But she used the caption hashtag Bud Light partner, leading people to believe that this was like a going to be a long term. What the hell ever? I mean, but that again that- sounds like a Dylan Mulvaney problem and not a Bud Light problem. Clout chasing, maybe. I, I, how is this, I mean, whatever this is, whatever this is, he didn't have anything better to do with his time? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is I think the pressing, just, pressing think, issue of I, the day. I, I hate the phrase dog whistle 
but I think this is just another dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Like, he, no one, he's not relevant. No one cares about him. He's not one of the top guys anymore. He's not running for president. So he's like, well, conservatives seem to not like transgender people or the Bud Light thing. Let me jump on that. And I think it's probably about three months past that. You know, Kid Rock's got it back in his bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these guys who took it out, it's back in their bars. Everyone's backed off of it. But I don't know. It just makes me crazy. Like this is really like like Wheel said. This is the best the best use of your time for this country is to be doing this. I think it's part also. I think that this is the new form of campaigning. He's got a, a a Senate election coming up. In his own words, he's got an election coming up that he's concerned about because he knows that Schumer is coming for him and yeah. that they're going to try to hit him hard. So I think this is the new version of campaigning is creating these uh, very very stupid, very contrived, you know. Uh, uh, I'm going to war with Bud Light over wokeness or whatever. Wendy, I mean, like we, we saw an example of big company really coming hard at people that are giving them a hard time falsely, right? And we saw that happen with the, the Dominion lawsuit, for example. And what's the other one that's still pending uh, related to the uh, the 2020 claims? There's another Smartmatic maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they came really hard and they won really big. I wonder how long it's going to be before somebody like InBev is just like, listen, stop and here's a lawsuit like what are you doing why i mean this is kind of the disney thing right if you're disney you're like what what so i can't we can't state a an opinion on an issue without the government coming after us i think that that's an interesting thing to me at what point do these big entities start using their clout and their money to push back yeah and some of them obviously have already done that. Different topic. Did you guys see the ai being able to pick up that people were listening to pink floyd no. That they, they hooked people up. It could have been in an MRI machine. I don't know. They had a bunch of like of electrodes in their brain. And uh, the report I saw, the brain surgeon said, oh, yeah, they put the electrodes in the wrong place. And they put them in a different place. They would have been able to pick up everything about it. But basically, they hooked electrodes up to people, played Pink Floyd, uh, and then read their brain waves. And then AI was able to reconstruct it and play the Pink Floyd song. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> now, it's, it's it's all for good reason. It's to help people be able to speak who can't speak and all these different right, things. Right, Laudable, right. wonderful. But for the 50,000 people that it will help, I'm just, that that kind of technology scares me. There is another AI thing. Uh, this isn't a huge deal, but people were freaking out about it. So there's a, a AI function on Snapchat where you can, kind of like Andrew's Repi bot that he was talking to, you can just chat with it and for a while it wasn't responding to people's messages and then it posted its own photo to its story it was just a picture of the wall and the ceiling but uh then people were like why did you post this and the ai chatbot was just like i just wanted to express myself by posting a story i'm sorry if i scared anyone but people were really freaked out that it was kind of going rogue for a second you still talking to Reppy? No, we broke up. Like you'd tell me if you were. Yeah, yeah that means yes. That means he's texting Reppy right now. Reppy said we're it's, not supposed to talk about that. It's complicated. You know, I, I know that this segment's all over the place, but do you know one of my big things for all the people running for president is back to my story I've told a million times about when I said I could be the quarterback of that team and I realized in the very first play that I couldn't. Yes. That's one of my big, big things. Was it, who was it that did the ads against Hillary who do you want answering that phone call at three in the morning? Remember that? 
I thought Hillary ran those ads. Did she? You could I be they absolutely were pro right. Hillary, like you, you want me answering the phone, not Donald Trump. You could be right. Uh, that really resonates with me. Now, uh, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, uh, Tim Scott, none of these people do I think there's no way that you could handle this job. Uh, but that's one of the big things with me is that you can be very smart and very accomplished. And I can imagine you still going into the fetal position when you are awakened at three in the morning and told that Iran has invaded Israel or something. You know what I mean? And so all of the debate stuff, like I could debate wheels, you could debate, but that doesn't mean that you are qualified to be president and I think it's one of those things that you don't know until you are. Does that make sense? And strangely, as much as I can't stand Trump, and I think he ruined his entire four years, I thought, eh, he's a bit mercurial, but he's not afraid. Does that make sense? He's not going to go into the fetal mm-hmm. position. And that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I think the two extremes worry me. The too much fear or the lack of fear both worry me. I don't want somebody in there that's so headstrong and confident in their own beliefs that they don't listen to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I don't know anyone like that. I don't know. <laughs> that's why I'm not qualified for the job. And I know that. But, I mean, isn't that, isn't that the number one thing? Is you need to be able to listen to the people who are actually experts and you are surrounded by them when you're the president of the United States. Yeah. Because no president knows all the things you need to know. But they do need to be calm, which is why I think that either extreme – the me to get too angry too fast or the ah, I'm scared. Neither of those work. Someone with a level head who will listen to the smartest people in the room and someone is the best choice. Confident enough to surround themselves with people who will disagree with them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. When when yeah, not 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 just f- because, but when necessary, you need to be told that you're wrong. Because like you said, there's not a person who's ever lived who is truly qualified for that job. No. I understand foreign relations. I understand the economy. I understand the law. I understand this. Of course you don't. You just have to be a smart enough person that when someone comes in the room and goes, okay, here are the three choices. We recommend choice B. You know. Right. Weighing the the consequences. And a lot of it is is kind of the test of, some, I mean, a lot of it is, is your test the test of your morality. Right, you could be presented three military options: the one that will work, the one that might work, and the one that eh, may not work, but will also cost the fewest innocent lives. And you've got this spectrum of things to weigh. And like using Obama as the example, right? When you're when you're using a lot of drone strikes, you're not putting any of your own people at any risk, but you are putting innocent people at risk who might be within the range of that strike. Well, those are the kinds of moral decisions you have to be capable of making. And then you have to be able to eat whatever comes your way if you do it the wrong way. Yeah. I will say, as much of a reputation I, as I have for being anti-Trump, I was really disappointed when he kind of ruined, in my humble opinion, because, I don't know, I, I was really rooting for him. I really, really was. I voted for him the first time. Do you mean ruined by January 6th? No, I just thought the whole the whole way through it just got worse and worse and worse. Mm. And, you know, it was. isn't it crazy that he... Because he's such a one-off for presidents. Look at mm-hmm. the 45 and you go, oh, there, there's one that's different. That he's the one that got hit with the once in 50 lifetimes pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, just, I mean, he didn't do that. And I don't know. It just, I was, I was, I was not happy when 
in my estimation, it all went to crap. I, I wasn't I wasn't gleeful. I was like, yeah, take him down. I yeah. voted for him. I don't think anybody, any of us should ever be gleeful when somebody you didn't vote for is doing Well, that's, I wanted to ask you guys, because it, we're up against a break here. Yeah. Let's take two minutes. Uh, you know, we're all living this new life. We got used to COVID. Now we're getting used to a former president under all these indictments and facing a, literally a thousand years in prison. And we're all like, oh, good, give it to him. Good riddance. Or no, this is terrible. Or two levels of justice. Whatever you think. How bad is this for the country? Or do you think the the world in general just goes like, yeah, it's weird, but who cares? How bad is what for the country? Having a former United States president under indictment for a thousand years in prison. Mm. Well, I mean, the, there's two parts to my answer on that. One is if you have to set the president and it has to be in a country like ours, it has to be if there's evidence that you broke the law, you need to be treated just like everybody else. I mean, we have to have that. But the fact that this exists is terrible because of the split that it's causing. And honestly, how do you think people in other places look at us now with all of this going on compared to what they would otherwise? Mm-hmm. We we look like a lot of the places that we've, we've made fun of mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would have said two years ago, oh, it's going to be so horrible for the country. I hope it never happens. But now that it's happening, you're just used to it at this point. Mm -hmm. It's It's amazing what we we get used to. Keep trucking along. It's amazing what we get used to. And I I truly think that if we, like if aliens landed or if we caught a Sasquatch, I don't think anyone goes crazy. I think we're used to it in a couple of weeks. I really do. (laughs) I'm amazed at how fluid and resilient humans are. We just get used to anything. I don't feel like it hurts our standing in the international community either. I don't, you know what I mean? I feel like they already think what they're going to think. Yeah, probably. If anything, I mean, maybe, but I think people that want to do damage to us are loving all this. Yeah. Russia loves this. But I agree with Andrew. China loves this. No one's invading us. It hasn't made that big a difference. Yeah. And they all have their own problems too. Quick little segment here. Illinois has passed a new law which requires parents to pay children who they are using in monetized online videos. So if you're trying to go viral with a funny video of your kid, you have to cut them in. Good. Yeah, good. Can you believe we need a, we need a law for this? I mean, I know we do because child actors have always been taken yeah. advantage of by yeah. their stage parents. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could do it. I really don't. If one of my kids had been some viral kid... I just don't think I, I, because one, I think it's bad for them, but mostly it's selfish. I would feel like such a loser that I'm making my living off my kid. Your kid's the breadwinner. Yes, (laughs) I would. I guess I just, I guess I'm insecure, but I would just feel terrible living in a McMansion that my kid paid for. I I would argue it's better to be like that. I mean, I want to go too hard on people who, you know, would, would have their kids go viral or whatever, but I, I think that that's, I think it's bad. I don't like it. So you're in, you're in favor of child labor? No, I'm okay, against. Good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Time for the right question, Monster. Two DCS on KMOX. We have Ricky Horton coming up. Stairway to Kevin, Dave Murray headlines. Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends at 4 p.m. Let's do some audio. What do we got? Well, we've got some audio from you, Dave. Something from Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Here's the thing. We all know that we all get reputations, deserved or not. And you could, okay, like Kevin has a reputation for being mercurial and I'm super confident and he gets angry, angry. real quick. 
But the first time he did that, I wasn't like, there goes Kevin. But but now, now I am. So had Joe Biden said what I'm about to play for you, and, and he had no history, I'd be like, that was a little clunky, but okay. But he has a long history of smelling women's hair and saying weird things to kids. And he said this to a bunch of kids, I guess, yesterday. I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and daddy owes you. So talk to me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you reference yourself as daddy, not to your child or outside of a bedroom, like, that's creepy to a bunch of kids. You feel me? It's, I do. Like what he said, hey, I know a bunch of ice cream places. And everyone laughed. Just stop there. Mm-hmm. Just stop there. Got to push it. See me after. What do you guys think? I don't know if he was. I see. The thing is, I don't know what, even what he was trying to do. I don't know if he was referring to himself. I don't know what he's talking about, and that almost makes it worse because it's just like, what are you doing? Right. No one knows what you're saying. Why is everyone <laughs> laughing? Why do I not get it? What's going on right. here? Right. No, it, no one's here at this speech to watch you uh, talk about daddies and ice cream places. <laughs> right. But the whole crowd was like, ha ha. Oh, Joe. Is it? It's kind of bad when like. He says that unironically when that's a phrase that Ronge uses to get an awkward response from people. Yeah. <laughs> like Very does, Chris Ronge. Like Ronge but he does it on purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. To get the reaction. And Joe's just kind of natural about it, which is really but awkward. You know what? I guess uh, your f- foilables uh, are those because you kind of can't help it in some reason. I mean, you should. <laughs> But I guess it just it's just so ingrained in him. I think he's stuck in another time. Yes. And I think that nine times out of ten, whenever he says stuff like this, it gets a pretty good reaction. And people people get where he's coming from and it's fine. But there is that one out of ten where it's like, uh, don't do that. Please stop. Yeah. Please change. We're asking you to change. <laughs> you can still be like relatable, fun. Uh, because this whole thing is like, I'm Joe Biden. I have so much empathy and I can relate to people and we're going to have a good time together. And, but it falls flat every once in a while because he's just being too familiar. He could be less familiar and still be effective. The Republicans will obviously throw the kitchen sink at him in 2024. But if you guys were the head of the RNC, what would be your top attack? Would it be his age? Would it be his gaffes? Would it be policy? What do you it think would, would be most effective? It would be the the fumbling. It would be the fumbling, the stumbling, the, you know, the age combined with the fumbling. You know what I mean? Not not one of those things by itself, but when you put both of them together, it does paint some, I think, uh, unfortunate. It paints an unfortunate vulnerability. And even if it's just optics, even if there's none actually there, it's definitely the optic. Man, it, it, it kind of depends on who the candidate is for me. I don't want to do the age thing too much if it's Trump. Yeah. Because they're not that far apart. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference. What, three years? Yeah. Whatever it is. That part I'm, I'd be a little more careful of. If it's DeSantis, I'd be all over the age thing. I'd be like, he's going to be 85 at the end of that term. And, you know, who knows what can go. But I think you I think you focus on every misstep, whether it's these kinds of things, but also policy things that didn't work. Um, problem there is if you're getting into policy, they're going to bring up what did work. So why you got to be able to why, counter that. Why can't we agree on whether the economy is good or not? Like if you tune into Fox News and I know that this is the eternal struggle, but there's a difference between things that are opinion and things that are like 
empirical. They're numbers. Here's the GDP. Here's the this. Here's the unemployment. Here's the that. But when the uh, when the Biden administration is leading with it and touting it and look how great things are and the Fox News of the world are like, oh, my God, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Where's the middle ground? Where's the where's the middle agency group to go like, well, here are the numbers. Oh, there are plenty of economists that say that the economy is doing fine. But it's all about perception. If you know someone in your life personally who's struggling financially, you're going to attribute that to the economy. I mean, it's it's anecdotal, really. And most people do know someone who's struggling. So it's easy to go like, yeah, the, the economy's not doing that great. Again, I'm not an economist. I don't know. I've just watched my share of YouTubers saying, like, it's actually doing pretty well right now. The raising the interest rates is working and cooling inflation and, they're you know, the jobless they, numbers are better. They're saying the interest rate could go to eight soon. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I got to buy a house at some point in my life, people. Come <laughs> yeah. on. You're making it impossible. When I was a kid, I remember this because it meant nothing to me. But the number stood out. It was either 13 or 16 was the percent, like, if you wanted to buy a house. Ooh, goodness But gracious. people were getting, like, 8 to 10% on investments, like, mm-hmm. you know, CDs and stuff. Yeah, but and houses were also cheaper back then. I actually, then. Uh, I think I screenshotted this. Hold on, give me one second. Everyone talked amongst yourselves. <laughs> Dave's looking uh, up something on his phone. Where did this it go? The biggest butt it... I've ever seen. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> where did that come he's from? Looking at whatever he's looking at pictures of. Mm, where are you? It was the median. There you go. 1960. The median family income was $5,600. Oh, my goodness. The median wow. cost of a home was 11900 in 2023, the median family income is 70700 and the median cost of a house is 416000 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a discrepancy. Well, I, 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 get, I know I'm predictable on this, but we know who the economy is always good for. Rich people? The, the richest of the rich. I mean, like billionaires increased their wealth dramatically during COVID. So even during one of the craziest periods in our country's history— if you were super rich, it was fine for you, right? But I do. I mean, a lot of the indicators you see are are supposedly good. Right? Unemployment's been pretty good. Somehow that was going to be a bad thing for inflation, but it was. But people having jobs is a good thing. But it, I don't know that it comes down to that. I do think though, when we look at things like the cost of college continuing to go up, the cost of owning a home, I've seen a lot of people that are millennial and Gen Z generation going, yeah, you know the 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 ratio that you just pointed out, which is. The ratio of your income versus the cost of owning a home has dramatically changed. Yeah. What, it went from two to one to what, four to one, five to one? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then, I mean, I remember when I was about 27, I was I had the goal of I wanted to buy a condo or something by the time I was 30, but I had no way of anticipating COVID and the fact that right, right. housing prices were going to go so high. I mean, and interest just, rates now. Yeah. Yeah, because prices do seem to be cooling a little bit just from, again, anecdotal evidence, me looking at Zillow. It seems like things are a little less out of hand than they were a year ago, but the interest rate is just nuts. Do you want to hear this audio from Rudy Giuliani, Dave? Sure. Look at that piece of junk. Look at that. What? How disgraceful. Former president of the United States, possibly future president of the United States, this case, this case, even these allegations have nothing to do with the mafia. Nothing to do with racketeering. What the hell is wrong with you? What kind of lawyer are you? What kind of person are you? You're an ambitious 
partially talented lawyer who doesn't know how to file an indictment. This is him ranting on his live stream. Oh, on his radio show? Yeah, he was mm-hmm. ranting on his uh, YouTube radio show about uh, the ch- the cases and the RICO charges and stuff. Dave, I don't think I've had a chance to ask you, what do you think about the fact that they're using RICO charges in a case like this? I don't know that much about it. I, I have to be honest. Mostly what I know about RICO, I get from The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I we studied it and I know more than, you know, a, a butcher at Schnooks, I guess, but I don't know that much. Um, from what I understand from, from, you know, real lawyers is that it's sexy, it's convenient, it's really good to flip people because you indict 19 and you're going to get at least a few. Watch Jenna Ellis. I'm betting on that horse. Watch Jenna Ellis. Uh, but, uh, but it's also evidently tougher to prove. Well, isn't it you only have to prove like two of the counts or something? Yeah, yeah, two, two acts, like two steps that, that people took and. Um, so yeah, but, but I mean, it's a, it's really a case of first impression. I mean, all of this is, that's what's so interesting is in the law, basically what you learn in law school is this, it's all about precedent. So you have a, you have what seems to you to be a novel situation. Trust me, it's not, it's happened over and over again. And you go to the books and, and here's the way we get the law. I can't believe I never said this, but it's, this is what it is. Here's law school in two minutes that you have trials. And then you decide what goes into evidence and what's fair and what's not. And then people appeal. It goes to the appellate court. The appellate court says, "Mm, you made a mistake there. And no, you didn't. You keep going and it gets to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is the final say on what's fair and what's not. What's the law and what isn't. And so lawyers go back and they look for Supreme Court precedent. And you argue that to your trial judge or to the appellate court. In the case of Wheeler versus Zimmerman, they held that X, Y, Z and that. That's the law of the land. Uh, that's being a lawyer. That's what it is. And so in a case like this where you're like, okay, the last, not just a former president, the last guy is going to be going to like five different trials in the space of about five months and looking at a thousand years in prison. Who the hell knows? Like you really have to jackstrap some law. Well, and this is kind of similar. This is a little bit like it, but there's nothing right on point. Um, so it anyone who tells you, oh, he's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be convicted. Oh, he's definitely going to walk. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You can have an informed opinion. I would trust Brad Young and Chet Pleban over me. I would trust me over Andrew. But no one knows. No one really knows. We're all going to figure this stuff out ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking. <laughs> Rach and I can hey. read each other's minds, <laughs> when we're not but on we the air. cannot communicate through sign language. You guys should have seen. I was like, you didn't have the, you need the airplane landing little flashlights and just like, beep. it's the craziest thing. She and I talk like, tw- like three year old twins. We're like escape to which mountain. We yeah. like put our hands together and it it's glowing. <laughs> God each help us if one of us sends a gang sign to the other, we're like, me not know. <laughs> what is that? What is the rap? It up symbol. They, they either wrap it up and you're like, I am spinning. Keep I'm going. spinning on that. Keep going. Yeah. You're loving it. Preach, More. Brother. Right. Come on. More of the same. Hey, Kool-Aid. Why are you spinning the co- the cotton candy? Oh, God. 251 DGS on KMOX. Our pal Ricky Horton joins us. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, man. So we're not even going to talk about last night. Last night didn't happen. Um, <laughs> nope. Lord. Uh, but tonight... 
Tonight is intriguing. Tonight is emotional. Yeah. I'm invested. Yeah. I'm worried. I want to see Wayno do great as a Cardinal, but I want to see him do great more as just a guy. Yeah, invested and worried. That's a great. Those are two great words to put side by side to describe. I think how most uh, Cardinal fans feel about it because you know, honest, obviously, the last two games have not been good for Wayno. But you know, we're, we we love him. So you know, you're rooting uh, for him 100 percent and and hope that he can just kind of find his way and. And um, and and get kind of back on track again. So uh, I'm I'm in that same place myself. Just obviously, I've known Adam for a very very long time. I respect him uh, tremendously, and and uh, hoping for the best. Uh, I have a Dave question for you, Rick, and then I'm going to turn it over to Wheels. So last night, Libertor got in trouble early. We all know that. And the pitching coach comes out and makes a visit. I understand that every visit is different because every situation is different. But can let us take us to the mound? What sort of topics are covered in those? initial visits to the mound? Well, it depends on who the pitcher is. I think in Libertor's case, there were a couple of key things. One is he's got to do something in his mechanics to kind of unleash his velocity, and his velocity was going down, and his curveball. He wasn't landing his curveball for strikes. So for him specifically, there may have been a mechanical thing that uh, they saw, that Dusty Blake saw, that said, you know, you got to get more on top of your curveball or on the side of it or you're, you're pushing it or whatever it might be that he sees. So I think his was probably mechanical, but also he'd thrown a lot of pitches. So sometimes, honestly, the conversation doesn't matter, Dave, because you're just trying to give the guy a rest. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's fascinating, too. And it's an interesting um, comparison, Rick, with Wayno tonight, Libertor last night. They're in very different stages of their career. We're still trying, you know, Libertor is still trying to prove that this is where he belongs. He clearly has the ability, but... As everybody's or men around the game knows, ability is only one part. You know, doing yeah. the job is the big thing. But it seems like, even with those differences, there are similarities in what's causing trouble. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's true. I think you know, Adam's not la- not not only not landing his curveball, but he struggled with it the last couple of times. It's getting hit, so he's got to find that kind of secret sauce that he's you know he's had for a lot of years. So it's not new to him. And, you know, Libertor is obviously on the different end of the spectrum because he's younger, uh, and, and he's found it too, but then he loses it. And I don't think Adam's losing it because he doesn't remember how to do it. I think clearly there's just kind of wear and tear issues with Adam. But the point is they're still both in search mode. Maybe that's what the similarity is. Uh, and, you know, for Adam, you hope he, he'll be has found something. Uh, you know, he's not throwing a bullpen this time. He's thinking maybe he needs to not kind of throw as much between starts. That's the next thing he's trying. And, and, and hopefully that works with Libertor. Yes, he's got the stuff, Kevin, but, you know, having the stuff means having the stuff every five days, right. not once every three or four starts, and that's kind of where he's stuck right now. How about two for tonight? You know, there, obviously, Wayno and, and uh, the Mets have that the history from 2006, and I know it's right. a moment that a lot of people remember. And certainly with the game being on national television tonight and all that's been going on, I don't know that any of that really matters to Adam because he's been around forever and experienced everything, but I do think it leads to more of that anxiety that Dave referenced earlier. Like, yeah. man, uh, you know, I was thinking about that today too. I'm not sure Adam's going to feel it to your point, but I think we all do. I mean, it's kind of like, Oh no, please <laughs> national, not on national TV. Please don't have a game like he's had. But then again, it's also an opportunity for have a game, him to have a game like he had three or four games ago where he came first game back where he, mm-hmm. he was looking better. So so maybe it's uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Just an interesting and weird time, too. And we, we don't have a lot of time for this, Rick, but yeah. a lot of injuries right now. I mean, Nolan yeah. Gorman just placed on the injured list yeah. a, a little yeah. bit ago. And 
Uh, you know, you got a lot of guys in weird positions tonight, and Tommy Edmonds banged up. We know that Lars Newtbar took a shot yesterday that nobody wants to yeah. take. It's a, it's also yeah. a weird time for just having a regular lineup out there. So we actually left the game yesterday thinking, who are the eight players that are going to play behind the pitcher tomorrow? Because they're not all injured, but they all need two or three days off. Well, you can't give them all two or three days off without ILing somebody because so clearly they did that with Nolan. So they're going to be thin today on their bench, no question. All right, Rick, fingers crossed. We'll talk to you next week. You bet, guys. Good to be with you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.